Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. You're listening to the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast, episode number 32, Adoption Coaching with Gail Swift. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. This is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad, and this is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. So glad you're here with me today. You know, we all enter into adoption with the dream of building our family, becoming parents, and however that, however you come to adoption, that's what we're all about. And this podcast is about helping you reach those dreams. And, you know, my wife and I had this, the dream a few years ago, and we're still on our dream. We're still building our family. We're on number three. And I remember what it's like to wonder if you're ever going to be parents. So I hope this podcast, and especially this episode with Gail Swift, who's here to talk about adoption coaching, really help you uh, get on the same page um, with your spouse and really help you with your extended family as well to come into adoption knowing what it's about and knowing how to be a good adoptive parent. And especially in the, in these times when most adoptions are open to really having good relationships with your child and with your child's birth parents. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm so excited to have Gail Swift on. She is an amazing person. She's been around adoption a long time. She's an adoptive mom herself. She will talk about that. So I'm excited to have you listen to it. I hope you get a lot out of the interview. And here it is with Gail Swift. Okay, everyone. Today, I am so excited to have Gail Swift on the show. She is an adoptive mom of two now adult children. And she's a former foster parent. Gail is also a certified coach and co-founder of GIFT, which stands for Growing Intentional Families Together, which is an adoption coaching firm facilitating adoptive family success before, during, and after adoption. And Gail also co-wrote with her daughter, Casey, an amazing children's book called ABC Adoption and Me. And I have a copy of it. My kids love it. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But really, I can't talk enough about the book because I just love it. Anyway, you can learn more about Gail and her work at giftfamilieservices.com. Well, welcome, Gail. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Tim, and I appreciate the opportunity to address your audience and share some insight and discuss things with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because you obviously have a ton of experience um, with your own family, but also by helping so many other families through what you do. And I'm hopefully we can get through all of this and, and wrap it up in, in 30 minutes. It's going to be hard to do. Maybe we'll have to have you back on the show if we don't get through everything, but I, I just... Uh, I'm excited to get part of your knowledge and your wisdom in, in the adoption world. And Excellent. on your site, on the Gift Family Services site, uh, I noticed you have our adoption philosophy page. And on that page, you give 25 points, which are important to you. And I have read through them and love them. I think they're, it's an excellent philosophy that really anybody could go and, and read and just glean some of your wisdom just from that. So I would hope I hope you could share with us not only your adoption wisdom by summarizing your philosophy, but also if you could wrap up into that kind of your story of like how you adopted your children and how long ago it was. Okay. Well, that's a lot to summarize in a few I sentences. Know. I'll do my best. 
You can have as um, long much as you want, much time as you want. There you go. So <laughs> 25 points in a couple of sentences basically can be summarized as adoption is um, a relationship built obviously on unconditional love, but that it is strong enough to be to hold the the realities of adoption, the not only the joys of coming together as a family, but also the the authentic losses that each of the members of the triad experience, and that we are still permanent and loving families. What brought the five partners of gift together was uh, we we each ended up with children who ended up in <clears throat> therapeutic boarding schools, and we have all most of our kids are are now adults, and the message we want to share with other adoptive families is regardless of how turbulent the years are while kids are at home and you're raising them, that the bonds you build as an adoptive family are strong enough to weather those storms, to survive the hurricanes, and to to be completely attached um, even into adulthood and beyond. Uh, Our individual story is both of our kids were adopted domestically through, through an a local agency in Connecticut. Um, my son was 10 weeks old. My daughter was six weeks old. We were thrilled to have them. And obviously our adoptions occurred in the time before open adoption was uh, mainstream, let alone a germ in people's eye. Um, nonetheless, our agency did a great job of infusing us with their fundamental philosophy, which was that adoption is about finding families for children, not finding children for families. They did a terrific job educating us on what that meant, and I think it infused the way we raised our kids so that they always knew we respected their, their biological families. And, in fact, they are each in relationship with their families now. Once they reached the age of majority, they were able to, to contact their birth families, and we feel like our families have been ex- extended by adding these extra individuals to our home. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, especially given the amount of time and adopting your children as infants that you obviously had a really huge impact on them and and teaching them and sharing your love for them because they ended up being able to talk to and connect with their, their birth parents is really pretty, pretty huge because open adoption really hasn't been around that long as as far as we know it today. Yeah. I mean, we actually, we we used to exchange letters to their, to their file at the, uh, adoption agency, but but when we reconnected with my son's birth mother, she said she never got the letters because she didn't ask for them. Oh, In those wow. days, you had to request it, you know, it was all still very much that veil of secrecy, and I think it penalized, I know it penalized my children, I know that. I think that my husband and I missed out on some potential relationships with our birth parents, the birth parents of our children, but I also know in meeting our birth mothers that they have really suffered from the lack of contact with their children. Um, And, you know, I think with adoption, it's not that we are, that we co-parent. Dr. Joyce Pavau, who's an adult adoptee and a real advocate for kids, I'm sure you know who she is, but she says that, you know, they they have four parents. They have two two mothers, two fathers, but they only have two parents. And we're the parents, but their birth parent, their birth mother is always going to be their mother too, you know? Absolutely. Um, And just like we can have more than one child that we love, it's absolutely possible for our kids to love more than one mom and more than one dad. We're not rivals. You know, we, we love the same kids. 
Yeah, that's a great point, especially for people that are just looking into adoption and they're kind of scared of the whole open adoption thing. I, I know I was there. My wife and I were there. I mean, we had to get, learn a lot about open adoption, what it really means. And then even then, we didn't truly get it until we adopted and we met our children's birth parents and we have a relationship with them and we love them and we they're part of our family, just like you said. I mean... It's, well, it's and you really know, and in, in all honesty, it's another person you have to learn to get along with, mm-hmm. incorporate into the family calendar. It isn't easy. It isn't without uh, challenge, but I think it's in the best interest of most children. Uh, obviously, there are exceptions to the rule and, yes. and things like that, but, but primarily, I think it's the way to go. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for trying to summarize all those. I, I would recommend anybody go to giftfamilyservices.com and you will see uh, the page that's called Our Adoption Philosophy. Um, if you can't find it, just they have a little search bar there. You can type it in there and read those 25 points because they're very well written and you can get a lot of good counsel and wisdom uh, from what they share on that site. So, um, so speaking of GIFT, GIFT Family Services, your adoption coaching firm, how did you decide to create it and... When did that? All, how did that all come to be? Well, it, it all arose actually out of family pain. Um, each of the gift met coaches had a child that ended up in a therapeutic boarding school. It was our last-ditch effort to save our families and to save our kids' lives. And as we were brought together by a network of mutual acquaintances, we would talk, talk about wanting to coach other parents around adoption. And we decided to form this company because the, the big message we want to give people is that regardless of how turbulent your family life is, it is possible to weather those storms, to hold your values, to hold the boundaries, to hold your kids accountable, to be what they need, which is oftentimes not to be their friend, but to be um, the, the person that ensures safety, that it is still possible to weather those years and to be a family that has very strong bonds. So not to despair, and they're not alone. <laughs> but, you know, as you know, yes. parenting can be pretty exhausting and oh, emotionally yes. draining. Yes. And for most of us, we, we can't operate on the parental template by which we were raised because parenting in adoption is as valid as bio-parenting, but it is unique and it has some unique challenges. And we, we need to utilize adoption-attuned parenting strategies so that we heal our kids rather than then deepening their pains and, and grief and loss issues. Absolutely. Yeah, I can tell talking to you, you really have a heart of someone that uh, uh, is in touch with the adoptee as well as the adoptive family. Um, so I can tell that your your services would provide, and you say in your services that you 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 help people before, during, and after adoption, and uh, you have all, you're, like you said, your coaches, but what exactly do the coaches do? What is an adoption coach? Well, you know, it depends. A coach fundamentally, we, most people obviously are familiar with a sports coach. Uh, many people are familiar with an executive coach. An adoption coach helps parents to kind of distill the knowledge that they do have about parenting and particularly about adoptive parenting. Identify gaps in knowledge, help them strategize where they can get that additional knowledge, work through strategies and ways to incorporate that in their their life, and then expand that to their families, their communities, their churches. It's all about partnering along the way, checking in with, did that strategy work? Oh, 
well, maybe not, let's try this. It's, it's kind of a constant balancing and rebalancing of, of intentional effort on ways to connect and smooth the parental role so that life is easier for everybody. Yeah, interesting. That is really powerful for somebody, especially starting the adoption journey and just don't have a clue of where to start or what it's like. Um, a lot of people are looking for support on from somebody that's been there. So it sounds well, like that's... Well, not only that, Tim, but don't mm-hmm. you find that when you first broached the idea of adoption yourself, the only concepts you have are based on kind of the cult- cultural myths. Absolutely. And you have to educate yourself. Then you also have to bring along your family because it, that education doesn't happen by accident. And much of what the general community thinks about adoption is really inaccurate or outdated um, and tends, tends to invalidate either the, the birth mom or the reality of the adoptive family. I and mean, we're all real. Yeah. <laughs> we all love. <laughs> we all just want to take care of the kids. Yeah, yeah. And that research and education doesn't happen overnight as fast as we want it to happen Mm -hmm. it just takes time to soak it all in and get it from a lot of different places and it sounds like gift uh, is one of the really good places to go to get that information so i'm glad you you don't don't know what you don't know right you you think you know but you don't know what you don't know you don't know what you need to know and that's one of the reasons we we came together is we went through the fire and we'd like to prevent some families from suffering the discomfort and pain and agony that, that we had to yeah. um, go through to take the benefit of, of our lessons, you know. I highly recommend for parents that are just starting uh, thinking about adopting or just in the early stages, there's a great book out by Patricia Irwin Johnston called Adoption is a Family Affair. And she also is famous for writing The, the Mulberry Bird. She used to be the publisher of Perspectives Press. She's now retired. But it's a brief little book. It's, oh, maybe maybe 90 pages. And it's all about how to educate your family and your community. But what's really interesting is it kind of opens your eyes to what you might not know. <laughs> so it educates yourself in the process. Yeah, that's and really an good. educated adoptive parent is a stronger adoptive parent, which makes for a stronger family and, and, and smoother adoption. So everybody's life is better. Can you give us that title one more time? Absolutely. Adoption is a family affair. Perfect. We will put that in the show notes. So if you can't remember that title, we'll we'll have it there for you on this episode's show notes. And it's the author is Patricia Irwin Johnson. I, I, she is famous yeah. for writing a lot of things about adoption. <laughs> yeah. That is one of, her, one of her excellent books. She has a lot of others. So uh, we'll put that in the show notes for anybody listening that wants to get that. I, I It's a great recommendation. Um, so I realize that Gift Family Services helps families through all the many different adoption paths, especially or including fostering adoption. But since this, the Infant Adoption Guide blog and the podcast are here to specifically help families in domestic infant adoption, can you talk about what Gift can do for families hoping to adopt infants? You know, I think one of the when from from our pooled experience and from many other people that we know. <clears throat> Initially, when you're at the early stages of adoption, you are con- one is consumed with baby hunger, as I recall. <laughs> and sometimes that baby hunger can cloud our judgment. So, and, and when we're working with an agency or a prospective, an expectant mom, 
oftentimes people are hesitant to fully reveal the, the complete truth about what they think, what they believe, um, who they really are. And with a coach, you can explore each of the questions that you're going to confront in a home study with complete freedom of expected absolute neutrality. We can help go deeper and deeper and deeper onto what it, it lies behind the beliefs and values so that when you are offered a match, you are absolutely clear that this is the child that was meant for you and you were meant to be that child's parent. Because it, the, there is a temptation to take any referral and while none of us want to turn down a child in need, we certainly want to know that we are the right fit for this child, that we are the parent that they need. And the only way we can do that is to be absolutely honest in exploring all of these issues. There's no shame in, in owning our own imperfections. They're part of what makes us beautiful and real. And when the fear factor is removed, we can really dig down to the core. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Yep. Because you're right. I mean, we have baby fever and, and we just, uh, lots of times we come from infertility and mm-hmm. we've gone through years of that wanting to be parents. And then we get into adoption and going, okay, maybe this is the way we can build our family. And then we realize, oh, we don't know anything. And we have possibly years to go wait again to become parents. And yeah, you kind of, oh, I don't know if you want to say distill, but you kind of water down a little bit of who you are because you just want to do whatever you can the fastest to get, <laughs> to build your family yeah. through adoption. And if you have that feeling in your gut when they say, will you consider a child such and such, and your, your gut's churning, you don't want to disconnect your gut from your brain because mm-hmm. you're betraying yourself and you're betraying prospective children that you might adopt. So, for instance, around the issue of transracial adoption, if you're considering transracial adoption and your gut isn't comfortable with that, you need to heed it because that's, that's almost like a, a calling that you really have to prepare yourself. Your transracial child should not be your first friend of color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Rachel Garlinghouse said it perfectly in the last episode, uh, episode 30, she, or I'm sorry, 31, when she talks about transracial adoption, she says the same thing, and she is an adoptive parent. Uh, all of her kids are a different race than hers, so yeah, that's, that's a very important thing. That's just one part of it is transracial, but yeah, there's tons of other things, aspects mm-hmm. of adoption that you have to consider. And so it sounds like that's what your kind of coaches would, would help people do is consider that and wrap your brain around it and try to... Absolutely. And exploring how your family is going to accept it. Yeah. What you will accept, your parents or your, your siblings may not. And believe me, that affects your, ch- your children. For instance, we have a, one of our coaches, I will not name her, obviously, um, her children are transracial. And her family said that they accepted that, but in reality it was lip service. Her children are now adults, and they can easily tell. They knew all along as they were growing up that they weren't quite up to snuff in their extended family's um, esteem. And, boy, that hurts. So if you can truly educate people before your kids arrive, or if you find out along the way that your family isn't supporting your children, you have a choice to make. Um, are you are you going to invalidate their experience and say, oh no, Grammy didn't really mean that, or mm-hmm. are you going to validate it and make a choice between one or the other if you can't educate the extended family to accept your child because they deserve acceptance. Absolutely, that's those are things you have to consider, mm-hmm. yep, and really think about deeply before you uh, just jump into adoption. 
I mean, and, you know, the other thing is you educate your extended family, Tim, is just as it took us a while to come around to the idea of adoption, when you drop that into your family's lap, it might be the first time they've ever thought about adoption. Give them the courtesy of time and information to become accustomed to the idea. Um, because in 99% of the cases, they'll be as enthusiastic as you are. Yeah. But it's something to explore, absolutely, and to, to talk about before a baby arrives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Hey, can you share a story or two about families that you've worked with that have gotten the coaching from you and what they've gone on to do? You know, it's interesting. Um, I started coaching in 2003, uh, and it, you have pe- people emailing you eight years later saying, you know, my son is doing so well and he's back on the, the straight and narrow and uh, now he's a parent and we're all connected and we get along and we talk and we have affection. It's like, yes, that's what we want. <laughs> we want to weather those stormy seas, ride it out and hang on to the lifeboat until you get to the other side. Uh, sometimes you can, you can coach people around difficult stories so, for instance, if you have a child who is the product of rape, uh, professional opinion is we need to provide our children with their story, the full details, at age-appropriate time, um, and that means you have to lay the groundwork from the time they're very, very little. And we have one of our coaches walked a family through that, and uh, that child is a teenager now and has heard her whole story and was not undone by those facts. Mm. because she was prepared. Awesome. Uh, another time, you, you probably have had somebody on that has adopted, has addressed the concept of uh, narrative, therapeutic narratives. Um, those can be very, very valuable, uh, particularly for kids adopted out of foster care where you can do claiming narratives um, that allow them to imagine what it would be like if you had parented them from the very beginning uh, there can be, um, oh gosh, this one, I'm not going to remember the official term, but a capability narrative where you use a character that has faced similar trials and tribulations to your child and input some strategies that they could have for overcoming them. And it's interesting because the kids will often, often pipe up and say, oh no, that's not how it happened. Even though it's a, an, a, a fictional character they're talking about, they input the facts of their own story. Uh, yes. uh, so that's a technique that can be very useful too. But basically, one of our big strands of our philosophy is you've got to be truthful. It doesn't mean you have to be, be cruelly truthful. You do it in age-appropriate ways, dropperful by dropperful, until by the time they're teenagers, they've got the facts. Mm. It's not a shock. It's something that you have nurtured them through all along the way, and they, your relationship is strong enough, and their self-image is strong enough to absorb it. Yeah, absolutely. So how would do a family that wants to... How would they decide that they need to get coaching? And if they do, um, how, what, does that, what does that coaching look like? How do you offer it to them? Uh, coaching can be done on a three-month contract, a six-month contract, or on a crisis intervention contract. Um, contract sounds so business-like, but basically <laughs> an agreement. <laughs> right. And it's usually done on a weekly or a bi-weekly uh, schedule so that you have, have time to brainstorm, look at what changes are occurring or what's not occurring. 
and try to identify patterns and things like that that can help. Uh, they can contact us by our 800 number, which is 1-800-ADOPT-21, or our website, which is giftfamilyservices.com. Um, the GIFT acronym comes not only from the abbreviation for growing intentional families together, but the idea that coming together as a family is the gift of a lifetime for all of us, and that adoption is a family experience. When you take on an adoption, it's not just your child that's adopted. But the whole family becomes an adoptive family, and it forever permeates your identity. Um, so it's important not to try to pretend... We're exactly the same as a bio family. We're not. It's, we are a beautiful creature of our own, and we have our challenges and, and the kind of commitment to one another that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And if the families that get coaching, um, can they do like a initial consultation with you to see what, yes, what's yep. going to be offered? Yes, the initial consultation okay. absolutely is, is, a, is a courtesy. And if they went on our website, our individual biographies are there because each of us has kind of a specialty or niche um, so that you can, can kind of get an idea up front how your personalities might mesh because okay. let's face it, you know, working with a coach is like everything else, like a friend. You, you want to feel comfortable enough that you're a little bit simpatico. Um, and we're certainly open to the fact that if there's not a good match, you could, you could work with a, with a different coach. We're all about relationship, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it sounds that way. Yeah, it really is. It's a it's a relationship building, mm-hmm. and and helping families do relationship building. And I'm sure you have the support and the resources that you give to folks, not only to, for their own family re, um, relationship building, but also with birth family relationship building. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the differences between a coach and a therapist and a support group, we are not about he- healing the past wounds. We're about strategies for coping with what's on your plate now. So we're not a substitute for therapy. We're an adjunct. Um, and the, the, the distinction from a support group, a support group is sort of like a friend that will sit there and say, boy, that really does stink. and yeah. just keep, keeps rehashing it. But Eventually, you want to get off the hamster wheel of sympathy and move mm-hmm. on to, to what can I do it about to move beyond this place. I don't want to just hear, yeah, that's really tough. Yeah, understood. Yeah. We all so, want that exit ramp off the hamster wheel of pain. Yeah. So do you, in your coaching, find uh, that some people come to you and say, hey, I want to adopt, but my spouse really doesn't know if they want to? They're more on the fence. Can you help us? Absolutely, because you know what? It's re- that's a really important question. Yes. And in fact, if you if you kind of emotionally coerce a spouse into agreeing to do that, you know who's going to pay the biggest penalty will be the child. So we really want to help people uncover what's behind that hesitancy. Uh, let's figure out the beliefs and the value system that underpins it. it. Is it something that can be changed or is it not? And that's an important thing for them to know. I think that's a huge part of what you guys do because I hear from a lot of families that are struggling because they have gone through the infertility problems and they just don't know if that's going to happen with the forum or not. And, and maybe they've already gotten past that and they're like, okay, we we know we're going down the adoption route, except I'm already on board and my spouse is not. And how do we convince quote unquote them and it's not really about convincing. It's about um, deciding together 
exactly. and being on the same page. So I think that's a huge part of what you guys do is to yeah. be able to, uh, to help bring people together and really understand this is a decision you're going to make together and you're going to make it for life. Yes, absolutely. And a little child, child safety and security is lingering in the balance. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not about persuading. It's about discovering what's the obstacle and seeing what can be, how can we remove that obstacle. Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of what I, I see as a, as a challenge to a lot of folks entering into adoption or hoping to enter into adoption. So uh, if that is you, anybody that's listening, I highly encourage you to call Gail and her coaches there and uh, just do your consultation. I mean, you can get on the phone with them and just talk about it and see if they can help you and your spouse um, get on the same page. It's so important. Uh, you don't want to head into adoption, uh, excuse me, head into adoption like Gail said and not completely be on the same page. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's I want to talk about your book real quick. Uh, not real quick. Actually, I want to spend some time on it here before we get to the end of the show. Uh, so switching gears, I first of all want to say congratulations on writing the book. ABC Adoption and Me is what the book is called. It's a very short uh, picture book. I don't, I guess the picture book is the right way to say it, but it's powerful because it's, we got it. And my daughter, who was, I think, six or seven at the time, when we first opened it up, I mean, her eyes just got big. She got a smile on her face. She felt connected to the book, unlike any other kid's adoption book that she's ever read or we've ever read to her. So I knew right away it's a powerful book. And that is why your book has gotten so many awards. I mean, I, I, it's a favorite read by Adoptive Families, Families Magazine. It, Shelf Unbound named it uh, one of the 12 notable picture books of 2013. You got a ton of other finalists and honorable mentions and other awards. And I just want to say congratulations and thank you for you and your daughter for writing that book. Thanks, Tim. You know, obviously my daughter is an adoptee, and we wanted to write a, a book from a child's perspective. You know, to talk about feelings they have. So many of the books in adoption celebrate the ecstatic joy that parents have when their child arrived in the family. Um, But we wanted to address the child side of the equation. And we've got lots of feedback from kids that they feel like their voice was expressed. So it makes me come to tears every time they say that because that's our purpose in writing it. And also to value. I think it's really important that adoption become an open conversation in families, that it's natural and easy, that it's welcome, not forced. Uh, we've heard from adult adoptees that they often felt like parents sent a subtle message that they weren't supposed to talk about adoption or talk about thinking about their birth parents. These are all kind of concepts we've infused in the story. It's generic, but it's from a child's point of view. So maybe not your adoption, but other adopted kids might have this is part of their adoption experience. Um, and the, the final uh, phrase is directly from my daughter, and it's these for zigzag, talking about the fact that you can have different kinds of feelings about being adopted, in both the happy and the sad. Mm. Sometimes I feel happy and sad yep. about being adopted. They coexist. The joy that they have in be- being part of our families doesn't erase the reality of the, the losses and if we can be strong enough to hear their pain, then they don't have to suffer in silence. And boy, I'll tell you, that deepens the connection that you have with your kids. 
You're not requiring them to put on a happy face all the time about how wonderful it is to be adopted. It's wonderful to have a family, but it's sad that it came at the cost of losing connection to your your birth family. That's just the reality. We're not in competition, but we are. We both are real. (laughs) Yes, well said. Yeah, Yeah, and and the book, the ABC part of the book, I guess we should explain that a little bit, is um, you have a, a letter... Every letter of the alphabet, and you talk about a particular topic of adoption, and the illustrations that go with it are just beautiful, and they flow so well from letter to letter that you just fly right through the book, and it's it's not it's not long. I mean, it's I think it's just one page per letter, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for the most part, it is. Yeah, for the most you know, part. You know, it's interesting too because we've actually had te- teenagers read it, uh, and and connect with it, which is which kind of surprised me, but it was sort of like the first time they had their perspective, excuse me, perspective expressed. And we even had one, one uh, friend of ours whose husband is an adoptee, and he's an adoptive parent as well, and he said he was touched by the book. There's that much hunger for the, for the adoptee's voice to be heard. So that was pretty cool. And the reason we chose, chose the format of the ABC is it, it, it's so ubiquitous in a child, a little kid's life, right? ABCs are everywhere. It's part of what they learn. They learn a little ABC song. So it's, it's a very safe context in which to discuss some of these big ideas. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is uh, you made it available on Kindle. You made it available in a, you can get it in a paperback. And so you can hold it in your hands and share it with your kids. You can also share it with them on the Kindle for, I mean, a little bit cheaper, but if you want to get it right away there, you can do that. And the pictures, uh, and you can go on Amazon and look and you'll see the first few pages and you'll see how beautiful the pictures are and what the book's all about. And, uh, I think every adoptive family should get one because, uh, it's just powerful. And I see my own daughter, my own kids react to it. I know, it's a book worth having and worth sharing for years to come. That really touches my heart. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just, it's an important thing to do because it really flows with your, your, your whole coaching side of things too, because it, it's about the relationships and it brings up conversations mm-hmm. with you and your child as you're, as you're reading it and as they get a little bit older. So Anyway, thank you so much for writing that. I wanted to make sure we included that in this in the interview because it's it's powerful. So before we close, I wanted to just get your opinion on a couple things. One is what do you think in talking to families, uh, especially as you're coaching with them, what do you think is like one of the biggest obstacles for those considering domestic infant adoption? I think it's the the joy blinders, the baby hunger that bring the joy blinders. It's not being 100% straight with yourself and with your spouse. Absolutely. Something I'm sure you work with a lot of families on and working, helping them get through and over the, those obstacles. Yeah, and the truth isn't, isn't a block to, to adopting. It's, it's the challenge for adopting the right child for you so that you have the right parent for that child. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely well said. So I guess maybe the second question has something to do with that, that question as well, because I, I say, I'm asking you if one of the, if you had to pick one or two of the most important things 
that a family should know about infant adoption. Is that kind of the same thing as the biggest obstacle? No. You know what I would say? It's the idea that still kind of persists, I think, that if we get a baby, if we adopt a baby as an infant, that they won't have any the grief and loss issues, mm. um, that they're a blank slate, that um, everything will be smooth sailing forward. They st- we still have to guide them through the process of understanding what it means to be adopted, mm-hmm. how to braid their dual heritage into their identity, and how to be comfortable with um, the idea that they're, they're part of our family and they're, we're a forever family, but their birth families are forever a part of them as well. And that we validate and respect everybody. Yeah, and I think that's why we had a lot of years of closed adoption is I think everybody thought that the best thing for everyone is just to bring the child home and pretend they are a blank slate and mm-hmm. they have no other past or other family or anything else to to worry about. But I think that only attempted to help the adoptive parents, not the whole adoption triad. Mm-hmm. And so now with the open adoption the way it is, in most cases, uh, it opens things up and uh, you don't have the hurt. I mean, you still have hurt. You still have mm-hmm. challenges and you still have obstacles, but it helps um, the whole adoption triad work together, even though the adoptive parents need to deal with issues as the child gets older. And it's not, they're not, like you said, blank slates. There, there are things that they're going to have to work through and you're going to have to help them work through. So that's well, why I don't I know love... if you've read Lori Holden's book, The Open Hearted oh. Way to Open Adoption. But she mentions her concept that open adoption is an attitude of the heart as mm-hmm. much as it is actual day-to-day, face-to-face contact. And that's an important feature, I think, too, is that we would be open-hearted in understanding that our kids' <laughs> DNA is forever a part of them and never make them feel less than because of that. And when we try to play pretend that we gave birth to our children, it does them a disservice as well as ourselves. I almost wish that... that when, hang on. When my daughter first saw her birth certificate at about... 10 years old, she said to me, it says you gave birth to me, Mommy. <laughs> now, I had, a, I had ovarian cancer at 15, so I, I didn't give birth to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had a complete hysterectomy at 15. So, and I remember thinking, it, when we got her birth certificate, that it doesn't say adopted by Gail and George Swift. It says I was the birth mother. And it's kind of like starting their lives on a fib. And yeah, it really is. it's, not a, good, it's not, not a good foundation. So I think at least in our hearts, we must always recognize that the reality is we're all connected forever. Uh, We're not in competition. I've said that before. We all love the same child, and we're on the same team, and to whatever extent we can. We don't want adoption to be a constant conversation, but it should always be a welcome and safe conversation, and that includes any reference to their birth families. A lot of wisdom in that statement, yes. Very well said. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, man, I think we could talk a lot longer because you just have so much uh, knowledge and, and wisdom with uh, not only your family, but with talking to so many other families. So uh, I highly encourage anybody listening to this to go and check out Gift Family Services. It's giftfamilyservices.com. And like Gail said, there's an 800 number there if you want to call. Um, you can check out a lot of things that they have available just on their website and especially go to their adoption philosophy page. That's really 
powerful 25 points there that they talk about there. It's really good. Um, where can people best connect with you, Gail? Uh, either through the gift website, the gift 800 number, uh, or they can uh, actually be, I don't really want to give my, my cell phone number out over the, <laughs> the sure, airways, sure. but through the gift 800 number, which is 1-800-ADOPT-21. Um, each of us has our own extension, and it, the service will walk you right through that. Yeah, and you guys are on Facebook as well, right? I see that. Yes, we're on Facebook. We're on Pinterest. Oh, <laughs> we yes. try to get out into social media. Um, we're trying to reach as many people as we can because we have learned so much about adoption and uh, neurobiology, infant development in the last 25 years that can circumvent a lot of pain that adoptees of my children's age faced. We want to save a lot of families that nowadays. So yeah. we're e- eager to connect with families. If anybody's sitting there listening to this is, is, and hear everything that we've talked about and still going, eh, I don't know if this adoption coaching thing is for me, I think you need to go on to the Gift Family Services website, read that, or just give them a call because you'll, they'll be able to tell you um, what they can do to help you. And especially, especially if you have any problems with getting on the same page with your spouse about adoption, Absolutely give them a call because it's so important for that to happen before you get into adoption and no matter how you get into adoption. Uh, Tim, I don't know if you ever mentioned the various conferences around the country, but uh, American Adoption Congress is having a conference at the end of this month in Cambridge where two of our coaches are speaking. Oh, great. Two of our coaches are speaking, I think it's in August, at the North American Council for Adopted Children's International Conference. That's out on the West Coast in California. Um, I think if they are considering therapist or coach on adoption issues, the one thing I would say, obviously we would be very glad to work with them, but regardless of whomever they choose, they should be adoption educated. Um, A therapist that doesn't understand adoption issues, uh, I want to say this tactfully, oftentimes they will miss the mark. Yeah. for your kids and it won't move you forward well said yes and what was the name of that adoption conference again the aac that's the american adoption Con- conference okay it's in cambridge massachusetts uh march 25th i believe is the startup date that's right. either the startup date or the end date and then NACAC, which is the international yes group i'll put all those links in the show notes for you so you don't have to to remember those, just go to infantadoptionguide.com and, and look at this episode and uh, with Gail, and all those links will be there. So thank you so much for joining us today, today Gail. Your, your wisdom and experience are helping a lot of families, I can tell, and I know your amazing children's book is helping a lot of families because it helped ours. So thank you so much for joining us. Tim, I really want to thank you for making this forum available and the, edu- the education and service and re- resource you are. To adoptive family. It's an important job and we appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. I, I'm happy happy to do it. And I'm in the middle of it because we're on our third adoption. So There you go. <laughs> Very exciting. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Gail. We'll talk All to you right. again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, I hope you guys learned a lot from that in- interview because I know I did. And I hope you know more about what it means to have an adoption coach and how important it is to explore all those um, relationship questions and doubts and fears and things you just don't know that you don't know heading into adoption. 
Um, and even after you've adopted, she talked about a lot of the support and guidance that you need as an adoptive parent to work through uh, issues. Even if you adopt, like I did, we adopted our children as newborns. There's still issues. There's still things that come up during your parenting time that uh, you'll need to address and you need to know how to handle that. And especially with your extended family. So there's a lot of aspects to adoption rather than just the nuts and bolts of, Hey, I want to adopt and how do I adopt? And now that we've adopted, okay, it's over. No, it's not. There's a lot more to it. So I encourage you to do as we talked about during this interview is get educated. And a great way to do that is through the gift family services coaches, Go on their website and check them out, giftfamilyservices.com. They list a lot of information on their website about their consulting and their, their services and what they offer and how they can help you in many different ways. And they even explain what coaching is and how it's different than therapy and uh, counseling services. So all that stuff is there. And uh, I'll have all the links in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 32. And thank you again, Gail, for doing such a great job of coming on the show and and helping us understand uh, really the relationship side of this, um, especially um, heading into infant adoption. So go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 32, and we'll have all the links that we talked about, including the books, the conferences, uh, and of course, givefamilyservices.com. All right. One more thing I wanted to share with you before we go is if I have a bunch of information on the website, on my website, infantadoptionguide.com. But the one place I want you to go first is the place at the top of the screen that says start here, because there I have almost all of my articles listed in categories that'll help you soak in as much information as you can from the website. There's a lot of great articles there and including the podcasts. And if you want to go listen to all the podcasts, uh, you can on the website. You can also go to iTunes and listen to them there or Stitcher Radio. You can get the episodes automatically sent to you, uh, which I do for a lot of different podcasts. And I think it's great because then I don't have to think about having to go back somewhere and listen to it because it's automatic gets, gets sent to my phone or my computer and I can just listen when I want because uh, the episodes automatically be there. So. So I encourage you to go do that. And while you're there, check out my four free adoption eBooks. If you haven't already got those, it's at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I have so much fun bringing this to you. I hope you get a lot of all the episodes. Thank you. And God bless you on your adoption journey. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to my dad.